The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. Welcome to another episode of Tables, Others and Chairs here on the Hear My Marks podcasting network. As always, I am your host, Others, coming to you live from the mean streets of Blackpool, England. Got a very uh, different and special episode for you this week. Uh, I have linked up with podcaster Chris East from Love the Graps over here in the UK. Uh, he's also a wrestling promoter himself co-runs a company in Milton Keynes called Good Wrestling. Uh, be sure to check them out. And uh, yeah, we've done a three-day review of Progress's Super Strong Style 16 tournament at Alexandra Palace in that there London. So without further ado, let's get on on it and uh, enjoy. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen of the internet. Welcome to Love the Graps, the podcast. Uh, my name's Chris. I'm not here with Alan. We're doing a special crossover episode. Ooh. So I'm going to pass you over to my co-host for the evening. That's Mr. Joe Atherton. Hi, guys. Others here, and welcome to a special episode of Tables, Others and Chairs. In conjunction with the fantastic Love the Graps. Can you believe it? It's like two universes merging. Like, now you've got to acknowledge that we exist on the same ethereal plane. Everybody's going to be like, I've never seen them in the same room together, but now we're on the same podcast, so they'll have to acknowledge that we are different people. Mental. How, <laughs> how are you feeling about that? I'll, I'll get over it, I'll live. When you do your podcast, you, you just talk mainly about wrestling, right? I do, I'm very, very <laughs> straight-laced uh, and, yeah, yeah, all business. Whereas when we do our podcast, it's just a mess. Yeah. But that's normally because I'm with Alan and it's like, I need to need to keep him entertained or else he just goes off the rails. So just any sort of distraction. But we have just been to Super Strong Style 16 day one. Indeed we have. Uh, Alex Palix. Yeah, old Alexandra Palix yeah. in that there London. It's at the top of a big hill. Doesn't really matter for me, I'm in a wheelchair, just, just glide up just, there. Just glide right up. Yeah. I mean, I got driven there in a car, so I didn't have to worry about scaling the hill, but it does. you get a nice view over London from up there, don't you? Yeah, and where we are, hotel-wise, there's a bus stop literally right outside of where we're staying, and that'll get you... Literally right outside. Yeah, we're in Wood Green, so just down the hill from the uh, Alexandra Palace. Um, we're in a hotel, which um, uh, the facilities are... They, the, you know, your tastes may vary when it comes to... It's it's nice enough, but um, isn't as advertised in some respects. Um, it's interesting, you, you go to a hotel, you don't expect a private party... In the check-in area. <laughs> no, no, they, they, had, um, they had a whole buffet going on. 
there were three glasses of Prosecco, presumably for the guests. Um, I didn't partake, but I could have done. I just could have snapped one of those up, I reckon. Nobody would have stopped me. Um, so, progress, Super Strong Style 16, day one. So it's all like the first round matches for the 16-man tournament. Um, were there any in particular you were kind of looking forward to going in? You did a preview, didn't you, of all the brackets? I did do a preview, and um, sorry to sound like an absolute smarky bastard. <laughs> I got every single one right. Well, spoilers, yeah, Joe was 100% on his predictions. We were we were doing them along as, uh, as the show went past, and... Uh, I was probably 50%, I think, in the end. I think you were a little bit better than that. I think I w- you got, like... I got, like, four or five of them right. I think you got five out of eight. Yeah, I mean, I did... Uh, the, the ones I got wrong, I was deliberately being contrarian <laughs> for the sake of I wanted something a little bit different from, from the tournament. Whereas I think I think yours were fairly... I don't want to say safe bets, but, like, they were the ones who, if you were being sort of logical, it made sense politically in yeah. some cases it was a case of me putting my my progress hat on not booking who I thought who I wanted to win how I thought they would go yeah I think that's a bit of a weird one in it like it's like you want to be a wrestling fan you want to enjoy it for what it is but you can't ever stop thinking about like the business side of it mm. like who would they book because of WWE or AEW or whatever. It's like you can't just ever just go, these are the best matches. It has, there's always these outside factors. It's like Mark Haskins, he's, um, he's kind of in a very difficult position at the minute with in-progress because he's obviously got that ROH contract and ROH, they're absolutely fine with him working for progress, mm. but... He's not allowed to work with anybody in a WWE, and that kind of limits the people that he can work with. It is weird, yeah. It is weird. I'm surprised he's not like. I mean, I'm surprised that they've kind of kept him on. Do you know what I mean? In 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 a way that they haven't gone. Do you know what? It's too difficult. I, as you may or may not know, listeners to my podcast will be well aware, but. Listeners, listeners to tables, authors and chairs may not know, but I run a wrestling company in Milton Keynes in the UK. Um, and I cannot imagine how difficult it must be to juggle the politics of running Progress or running any sort of larger wrestling company. Can you imagine? I mean, you were talking off air about how difficult it is with the whole WWE contract situation there was a bunch of guys that he used to work with regularly people like wild boar and and eddie dennis and other people like that that are now under nxt uk contracts and it just makes it more difficult yeah you know it's not no slight on those guys but you know if you're making those career choices it kind of makes it difficult for small fry like myself (laughs) um but yeah so were there like any matches like obviously one match on these first eight kind of floats to the top as an obvious sort of headline match. Yeah. Because it had the biggest sort of name um, in it, and that that was the headline match tonight. It was the main event, yeah. Um, Kyle O'Reilly versus Christopher R. Idgeway, as uh, <laughs> Kyle referred to him in a uh, 
promo that he did over Twitter before flying over. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so that main evented the show, um, and it was it was it was fine. It was a bit slow to get going. Yeah. Lots of ground based technical stuff. Yeah. And when you had a long show, you kind of want it to. Yeah, to pop. Like, yeah. And and they did a bit of that. The match that preceded it was. Um, Paul Robinson and Darby Allen, and that kind of started off quite hot. Yeah. And I think you kind of needed something similar for the main event here. It was a good match, don't get me wrong, but I think it's like, when you're at the end of a long show, you, the, the last thing you want really is that Too s- technical slow start. Yeah. It did pick up towards the end, and the action was really yeah. hard hitting towards well, the end. because of... I, I turned to you at one point, and I was like, I want just want them to kick each other. And, and, and a then few they minutes did. later, they, they did, yeah. yeah. they did start kicking each other. Um, but there was a lot of, like, rolling around on the floor, which is, you know, both of those guys style a little bit. Um, but, yeah, once they started with the strikes and stuff, it it, it, it kind of picked up and was, um, was a lot of fun. Um, what else did you like today? Uh, debuts. There was a good few fair debuts that people had never been in progress, people that I'd never seen before. Yeah. I think the first debut we saw was uh, Dagger against uh, Kyle Fletcher, early yeah. doors. I thought he was quite impressive. Uh, what did you think about that match? Yeah, I thought that was fun. I mean, I was really, really worried for Dagger <laughs> at one point. I mean... I don't know what happened with the catch. Like, he did a dive to the outside. Yeah. And he seemed to, like, go up and come straight down. Do you know what I mean? Like, he went over the top rope, and then it looked like he went vertically, like, straight down. In the arena, it was like there was a huge, oh, when he did it, and then it just went deathly quiet. Yeah, and there was... For a good 20 seconds. There was a fellow who was on the front row who kind of stood up, because they probably landed in his seat, and he he had his hands on his head. The whole time, and I was like, oh, that's it. Somebody's not getting back up. Um, but they did. They mm. both got back up and got back in the ring. Um, yeah, it was a good showing from Dagger. Um, it was on the losing end today. Um, there was another debut for another Lucha-style man mm. um, in Aerostar. Well, like a big old Power Ranger, didn't he? He did. He's, he's a funny one. He's like... Um, He's like a bit of a cartoon character, Lucha guy, with lots of lights on his on his outfit. Um, but again, he came out on the losing end. It's, it's weird, like, super strong style and the um, Lucha guys always... It always feels like they're a little bit... Um, what's, what, what am I they're there for the scramble match on day three. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because um, who was it? Flamita... Do you remember Flamita a couple of years ago? He was one of those where, like, he did the first round, went out, and then um, was probably more interesting when it came to the scramble match when everybody had got some chance for him as well. Um, was there somebody last year as well? Oh, I can't remember. Should have done some research, shouldn't I? Probably. Oh, well, we'll oh, guilty of it. Oh, well. Um, the... Uh, so that was another debut. Um, who else debuted today? There were a couple Artemis more. Spencer. There were quite a few debuts, actually. Almost half the field. Artemis Spencer against David Starr. Yeah? Yeah, what did you think of Artemis Spencer? Uh, I weren't over keen on his grey ring gear. I thought that was a 
It was a little bit underwhelming, wasn't it? But no, um, I think it was billed at like £215, so I was expecting like kind of like a heavyweight style, but he, he certainly had a few flips and tricks up his sleeve. Well, certainly at the beginning of the match, he was flipping all over the place, wasn't he? Like, yeah. I mean, all of these guys that, that lost, they might have lost, but it wasn't like they just... They, they were there, they were rubbish, they lost. They actually did look good in defeat. It wasn't a case of... Yeah. You're, you're just there to be a, a schmuck to get beat in the first round. Well, there were lots of... Um please come back chance. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Artemis Spencer was one of those. Um, Darby Allen, who we've already mentioned, um, he he was a de- debutante, um, and he got another please come back. Um, Kyle O'Reilly debuted. It was his first progress appearance. And Trevor Lee. Trevor Lee, the Carolina caveman. Yeah, so Trevor Lee took on Aerostar. Um, He was doing one of those, I'm from NXT in America. You you should, don't like me, you're not allowed to like me because I'm bad. (laughs) Because I'm successful. And Came out wearing his NXT jacket as well. Yeah, yeah, pointing at the badge. (laughs) He's he's a funny one. I remember seeing him a few years ago... um, and he used to come out to Shake It Off by Taylor Swift. They used to dance as well to the ring. And I think if you see Trevor Lee, you can probably imagine how he dances, and it's not good. Um, and he did a promo like where he, did, he tried to get the crowd to give the American Pledge of Allegiance, and this was in Bedford. Um, and they didn't know it. In Bedford, they didn't know that off by heart. Shocking. Yeah. Got to say, though, his hair looked magnificent. Yeah. Well, Jim Smallman made the point of reading out somebody's tweet where they said, is he related to um, Pastor William Eva? And they've both got good te- good heads of hair, haven't they? Indeed. Yeah. Um, what else do we see today? It was a lot of wrestling. It was a pre-show match. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, NIC versus the Knuckle Lockers. <laughs> knuckle Lockers, yeah. Um, which is up there as one of the worst wrestling names, isn't it, I think? There was an interesting uh, bit before that match where uh, the first team, the NIC, they came out. Yeah. Uh, the Knuckle Lockers tune began to play and the screen was playing a different video and there they was... were trying to fix it and it just went on for far too long. There were some technical difficulties. The music was still working... Like, if they'd have left the music going, so a team could have come out. But instead, like, they just messed about for ages. And the NIC would look like a pair of idiots just standing in the ring. I mean, they were doing their best to sort of play up to it or, like, you know, keep engaged with the crowd. But it it, it, was, it didn't bode well for the start of the show. Um... And I think there were a few technical issues, weren't there, in that first half, but nothing... Yeah, nothing the video major. screen wasn't working for the first half. Yeah. And uh, a couple of the themes just abruptly cut out instead of fading. Oh, it yeah, very, just stopped. Very weird. Which yeah. is unusual for progress, because they're usually really good at they're stuff like that. They're normally shit hot at that, yeah. Um, uh, but, yeah, I think all in all... It was. It felt very much like the first day of a three-day tournament. 
There were no shockers, were there? I mean, there was no, there was nothing bad. No. Nope. But there was nothing like blow away great. Um, and I expect we will see a few really great matches this weekend. Super strong style sixteen always sort of promises a few of those, doesn't it? If there was three things that you have to say that you really loved, okay. Oh God, I haven't even thought about it. Thing is, Joe, me and Alan normally have a lengthy conversation about the things that we like before we get to the podcast. Well, lots of how tables, me... others, and chairs oh, operate. What? You've got to do it on the fly. Oh my! You've got to live in the moment. Oh my days! Okay, I tell you what. We'll do one. We'll do one each. Yeah, let's let's try and do. I love the graps, if we if you will. Yes. Um, so a thing that you loved about the show today. Ooh, what did I love about the show? Do you know what I really like, Alexandra Palace. Yeah, it's I, a good venue. I I like it as anybody who's listened to Love the Graps for a long time will know that we've had our kind of ups and downs with progress and some of it comes down to like the way the shows are run because they can be very long and I like the Electric Ballroom which is their home venue and the one that I would used to go to on a regular basis but it's not really the best for spending lots of time in whereas Alexandra Palace it's it's a bit sprawling but it feels more like a it almost feels like a festival you're at. So I, I like Alexandra Palace as a venue for this weekend. Yeah, I think the thing about the electric ballroom, for those of you that haven't been to it, it's it's like a music it's like an old music venue, isn't it? Yeah. Holds about what, seven, eight hundred ish? Yeah. Um it's transport wise you've got a tube that's relatively near it, just around the corner. But like you say, there's it can get very cramped in there. Once you're in, you're in. Yeah, there's in there's nothing. There's literally you've got a bar and you've got the ring. That's it. That's that's all that's there. And progress is shows. So doors tend to open at two o'clock. Yeah. Show starts at four. So you got your two hour break there, and then the show will run for another four hours. So it's a long old day. Yeah. So. To have, I mean, there's a merch area, but that can get pretty cramped as well. Yeah. So whereas at Alexandra Palace, the merch area is it's a whole other room. You've got a, a literally a huge hall, and there's like a bar. Well, there's several bars. There's food outlets. Yeah. And there's park benches that you can sit down. It's like literally a massive hall. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of it's almost it's like one of these where it's like indoors, but it feels outdoors. Um, so I really like Alexandra Palace. What about a love the graps from you then, Joe? I know it's a bit of a cop-out, but I'm going to go with the debuts. Yeah. It's like when you go to a lot of wrestling like myself, you kind of become not desensitised, but you get used to seeing the same people, the same faces, mm. just in different combinations and matches. And it's good that today, trying to work it out, Dagger, Armour Spencer, Darby Allen. Aerostar, Trevor Lee, Kyle O'Reilly. That's six. Is there any more? Minimum six. Yeah. So that's a minimum of six guys that I've never seen wrestle live before. And, you know, usually I'd be lucky if there's six guys that I've not seen all year wrestling. So in the space of one day, I've got to see six guys that I've never seen wrestle before, which I think is pretty cool. 
yeah, and six really good guys like the you know, and it'll be fun to see, um, see them on the next couple of days. Yeah, I mean, even if you do get knocked out of super strong style, day two there's usually possibly a tag team match. Day three there's usually a scramble match involving people that have been knocked out. Yeah. There's opportunities to see all the people that have been knocked out more than once. They usually all crop out at least one more time during mm. the, the weekend. Yeah. Um, so tomorrow's day two. Um, what, what have we got? Like They've announced a couple of things, haven't they? Uh, the big match, I say in inverted commas, oh, yeah. is a unification match between Walter and Trent Seven. Uh, Walter is the Progress World Champion. Uh, Trent Seven is the Atlas Champion. And for those of you that don't know what the Atlas Championship is, it's basically the reverse of a Cruiserweight title. Anybody above 205 is uh, eligible to compete for it. Yep, and they're unifying that. So, yeah, that's the big match. They've also got <coughs> like an eight-man tag. That's tomorrow? Yeah, um, it is the team of Jimmy Havoc, Mark Haskins, Mark Andrews and El Liguero. Yeah. Or just Liguero now, he's lost his L. Yeah. Bless him. He's just, and that was he's, part of the deal with signing with he's WWE. Not, he's not the Liguero. He's, he's just Liguero. He's just a Liguero. Yeah, singular. Yeah. Um, they're taking on the, I suppose, heel stable. Depending on your point of view. They, I mean, they're supposed to be baddies, aren't they? Yeah, but... Do they, not resuscitate. Yeah. They've got um, Drew Parker, Spike Trevay, Chuck Mambo and present William Eva. Yeah. Uh, basically, their beef is they think that they're not getting opportunities in progress that people with contracts are. Uh, when he says contracts, I think he's referring to uh, Jimmy Havoc's got an AEW... Uh, Mandrews and Ligero are WWE NXT UK and Haskins is ROH. Yeah. So they seem that guys that have been there for ages, because I think Ligero was in the first ever match yeah. against Noam Dar. Yeah. I think Jimmy Havoc and Mandrews have been there since chapter two. And I think Havoc, uh, Havoc, Haskins, sorry, came in at chapter seven. So. They're, they consider them the dinosaurs that aren't moving on. Well, they're the old guard, yeah. for sure. Um, yeah, so there's that. There's a qualifier for the women's title match. Yeah, um, it's Ginny versus Martina. Uh, there's a fatal four-way. There's been numerous convoluted shenanigans that have led yeah. to this match. Um, basically interfering in each other's matches and vice versa. Yeah. Uh, the winner goes into the fatal four-way on Monday. Um, I think Ginny will win because the other three are faces. You've got to have a heel in a match, surely. Yeah. And it's Ginny, isn't it? Yeah. It is the Ginny division. Lol, Ginny wins. <laughs> yeah, the, she's basically the John Cena of the women's <laughs> yeah. division, isn't she? Um, and I think that's everything that's been announced beyond the um, the brackets of continue. Yeah, which I haven't got in front of me, so I think I can remember them off the top of my head. I know we're getting Kylo Riley, Paul Robinson. That'll be good. That'll be very kicky. Yeah. Kyle Fletcher, Jordan yeah, Devlin. It's Jordan Devlin. Yeah. Um, Dragonoff. 
against uh, Trevor Lee. Yep. Nope. Yep. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> They're on the other half of the bracket. Um, and then who was the last one? David Starr. David Starr. Travis Banks. Travis Banks. That sounds right. That might be right. Do you know what? That might be right. Let's say it's right. I mean, if it's not right, then we can be corrected. I don't mind. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a fun day, I think. And then we're going to have a third day as well after that. But should we call it a day there? I've got the graphic up. Oh, God, go on then, quickly. It is Ilya Dragunov versus Trevor Lee. Yeah, got it. It is Travis Banks versus David Starr. Yeah, we got that one. It is Kyle O'Reilly versus Paul Robinson. Yeah. And it is Jordan Devlin versus Kyle Fletcher. Do you know what? I want to say we should be proud of knowing that. Also, we did just watch all of those matches. Like, it's not rocket science that we managed to figure that out. No, no, not really. But yeah, so let's call it let's call it a day then. Um and we'll we're gonna come back and do another one of these tomorrow, aren't we? Yeah, um tomorrow is gonna be like absolutely instantaneously for you, just like this. NXT UK star, the Irish ace, Jordan Devlin, and you are listening to Tables, Others and Chairs. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mark Andrews, and you're listening to Tables, Others and Chairs. I am Trent Seven, and you are listening to Tables, Others and Chairs. That's right, we're back. Hello, you're listening to part two of a special joint production of Tables, Others and Chairs. In conjunction with the fabulous Love the Graps. Wow. It's like like it's like being in the room with a professional bro- broadcaster. It's like being in the room with Trevor MacDonald. <laughs> I think I, I like to think of you as the Trevor MacDonald of Brit Ress. Have you ever have you ever thought that? Um no. Uh and to the mostly American audience that I like <laughs> towards, Trevor MacDonald. Is a newsreader you know in his sixties. Fucking go Google Trevor McDonald because that's exactly what that's what exactly what Joe looks like. <laughs> All right, you. If you're listening to this in America, pause this, go to Google, Google Trevor McDonald newsreader, and that's what Joe looks like. So uncanny it is. It's absolutely spitting image. Um, so this is another podcast that we're doing. Um, for me, it's the second part. For, I think Joe, I'm not. I'm not 100 percent sure what you're doing. Are you doing this all as one episode? Yeah. Well, it'll be broke up between blurbs and music. Okay. And... So this is the second part for you, and the second part for me. But we're in slightly different time shifted realities. Yeah. Uh, like in the Avengers Endgame. No spoilers. spoilers. You're not allowed spoilers. to do it yet. Spoilers. Thanos wears a t-shirt. <laughs> um, uh, so um, it's been, we're just finished with day two of Progress Super Strong Style 16 at the Alex Palix up on top of a big hill in London. Um, and uh, we spoke about night one, night one, after night one, day one. We did. On night one. Um, and we had thoughts on that. Go and listen to that. Either look at my old episode. 
from before or skip to earlier in Joe's episode. There you go. Just hit the old rewind button if you need to know what happened <laughs> literally two minutes ago. Yeah, so listen to that again. Um, this is really super convoluted, isn't it? It's great. It's really weird. Um, uh, but we're going to just talk about what happened on the day. I don't do blow by blow. I don't do like breaking it down. That's not the way my podcast works. That's fine. I normally got my uh, manservant Alan Boone here with me to keep me in check, but today I'm just gonna just gonna play it fast and loose, fast and loose, the Joe Atherton style. Not quite. Okay. <laughs> well, let's let's start at the beginning. Right. Um, the beginning of today opened with a lucha thing, didn't it? Yeah, they got the two Mexican boys and said, "Off you go," and. That was Aero Bar <laughs> and, and Dagger, um, who is a man, not a, not a dagger. Not an implement of no. destruction. Um, and, yeah, they did a fun little lucha match of little consequence. Yeah. If I was going to be, if I was going to be particularly picky, um, it seems like the next step in progress is um, constant mishandling of Mexican talent. By just sort of ghettoising them and putting them in the opening match, because even tomorrow, like it's like the two Mexicans are teaming, so they've announced Dagger and Aerostar against the tag champions Aussie Open. Could be worse. They could put them in a build a wall match. <laughs> they could, yeah, um, or something more more racist. Just Indeed, so, something really racist. Um, but um, yeah, I, like I enjoyed, I enjoyed that match. I mean, it's good to see two people again that we're relatively unfamiliar with. Um, I've been impressed with both of them. I think Aerostar, he's got a few tricks up his sleeve, a bit of the old uh, lucha libre dives and whatnot, the old flips. Yeah, he likes to do some flips, some using the springy ropes to be springy. Dagger acted like a, a bit of a prick today, didn't he? He did. Um, but they've got to be mates tomorrow, so that's another thing, isn't it? It's like, you, you got to fight in this match, and it's not like they made up at the end. Well, they kind of shook hands Did a they? bit. Yeah. I can't even remember. A little Feels bit. Feels like a million years yeah, ago. Yeah, well... I mean, not only did we go to a really long show, we had a bit of an ordeal um, post-show with this bloody hotel. This hotel is... Yeah. For want of a better word, shit. It's been a, it's been a fucking dog's dinner. It has. Um, and if you're in America, stop this. Google the phrase "dog's dinner." Um, you learn learn all sorts listening to Love the Grap. So if you are in America, um, go and find that on the iTunes. Uh, look, I'm trying to steal some of your audience. It's fair enough. You've been trying to steal my audience for a long time now. Um, I can't. I can't really disagree with you. Junior podcaster no. Joe Atherton, for 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 some time, has had his uh, podcast on our little stream, and then he just walked off and took his ball elsewhere. So there's a bit of bad bad blood actually. So much bad blood. It. We're doing a joint episode, and we're sleeping in the same room. <laughs> Not uh, the same bed, I hasten to add. Hey, Not that there's anything wrong with that. There is. Well. I don't want to sleep in the same bed as you. That's what's wrong with it. That's fair. Um, uh, yeah, so, I mean, I've, this match was followed by... I'm not going to go through every single match. No, no, that's I fine. I can't be bothered with that. No, no, The next no, match exactly. was particularly notable 
for being the best match of the weekend so far. By far as uh, well. By a dog's dinner. <laughs> Uh, which we had Kyle Fletcher, the Aussie Arrow, against um, Jordan Devlin, the Irish Arrow. And they, um, they, yeah, they had a really, they had a really great match. Um, Kyle Fletcher is, is is on a little, little bit of a run, maybe. I don't know. Like he's he's had some really good singles matches this year. Yeah, um, I've seen him against. Um, old Will Ospreay you might have heard of him for Fight Club Pro um, and that was a real blow away match he had a decent match with um, old Adrian Neville also at Fight Club Pro yeah um, and today with Jordan Devlin was easily the match of the weekend the match of the tournament so far yeah and uh, it's probably I know we're only in May but it's uh, it certainly made my top ten Matches of the year, I yeah. I I don't keep those sort of lists. Oh, I'm a nerd, so I put yeah, it straight on afterwards. Absolute nerd. Got the old phone out. Have you already it? got a ten? I'm on nine at the minute. Okay, you're But right. it's only May, so... Are they in any order? Order, I watched them. Oh, okay. It's so like the first match of the year was at NXT TakeOver Blackpool. So you're going to have to assess them as you go along? like once you I am. I'm going to have to get back, get on the old VOD and... Yeah. Oh, that arm drag was slightly off. Oh, is that it? <laughs> no, not at all. Oh. I'll just look at them and... My protractor says that angle was not quite right. Um, so that that was easily the best match that we've seen so far this weekend. Yep, Jordan Devlin going through at the semi-finals tomorrow. Yeah. Um, I also thought that uh, Travis Banks and David Starr had a really good match today. They had a good match, but I weren't happy about the outcome, I tell you that for nothing. No, well, on the normal Love the Graps podcast, there's a thing that we do, which is a Love the Graps, but that we also have a Not My Graps, uh, where we basically say stuff that we didn't like about the show. And I have to say, the, the wonky, sort of convoluted end to this match... Co- like, I, I thought it kind of worked in the context of the match, mm. but it always put it always gets my back up, these sort of finishes, because I feel like they are cop-outs, and they never lead to anything particularly good in the long run. So basically what we had was, um, the match ended with a double... Well, there was a double pinfall. Yeah, there was like... Um... A suplex with a into bridge. a pin, but the the but, bridge wasn't that great. Yeah, so basically, they both had their shoulders. Yeah, down. fine. You know, they both got counted for three, and then uh, Jim Smallman, mouthpiece in chief of Progress, said, "Uh, uh-uh, we ain't going out like that, player." Exactly like that. That's <laughs> how he said it. Yeah, um, that's whatever accent Jim Smallman's got. Um, so he restarted the match because it's a tournament. Exactly, it's a tournament. There has to be a winner. Yeah, there has to be a winner in the <coughs> tournament. There has just bear that in mind for a few minutes later because mm. there has to be a winner. Got to be a winner. Has um, to be somebody through to the next round. And then the match ended in a double count out. Hmm. Um, and then they continued to brawl for a bit, and Jim Smallman said, "Do you lot, you you two, stop brawling and fighting? Calm down. Calm down." Um, because if you keep fighting, you're going to get kicked out of the tournament. As it is, I've made the decision that tomorrow's match with the other qualifier from the quarterfinals, 
Ilya Dragunov. He beat uh, he beat Trevor Lee quite easily. Yeah, Trevor Lee was chatting shit, kept calling him Ilja. But he basically said that that match would be a three way. Yeah, it's going to be a triple threat semi final. And it's like, well, why didn't you just do that in the first place? Logic goes out the window, doesn't it? If you go, if you say there's got to be a winner, and then five minutes later it goes to, oh, it's going to be a triple threat. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, that'll probably be a good match and everything, but at the end of the day, they should have either both been thrown out and whoever they were facing automatically went through to the final. Yeah. Or just carried on for a little bit longer, like they did in the first decision. So I put it to you earlier, after this happened, that we're five super strong style 16s deep now, right? Mm. This is the fifth one. It is. And I don't think there's been a single iterance of super strong style 16 in the tournament that has gone from round of 16 to quarterfinals to semi-finals to final completely without incident. Yeah, although to be fair, to be fair, a lot of them have been through no fault of progress. Yeah, there have been been injuries. injuries. Last year, Tyler Bate had to pull out. Yeah. I think a couple of years before that, Mark Haskins won his first round. Didn't feel great the next day and he he had had to pull out. out. Yeah, so there there have been, like, injuries, there have been substitutions. Um, I don't know, there's just something about it I'm a bit like... Let's just try and have a clean tournament where we get through the tournament. Alas, we're not getting that, so we're getting a weird three-way. Uh-uh, not now, today. the conspiracy theorist in me thinks that we've got to get out of this match without certain people losing, but certain people we want to win have to win because of politics. Would that be WWE-related WWE-related, yeah. So um, I did actually have a message off of um, my podcast partner, Alan Boone, after this match saying, I wonder whether this... I mean, I'm paraphrasing. Mm. I think he was a bit, his language was a bit stronger. Oh, but, OK. Um, I wonder whether this is a way of getting David Starr through to the final without Ilya Dragunov being pinned. So you now have David Starr pin Travis Banks, who's probably the low, lower man on the totem pole when it comes to WWE UK. Um, it's a possibility, but and then again, wanna... we don't we don't know the ins and outs of it, do we? Today? No, but like it, it's it's. I said this yesterday. I said this on the last podcast. It's funny that like you you have to consider all these variables. And like the business of wrestling is as much to consider as the storytelling of wrestling. And so it's kind of frustrating for me. I'd rather we were just talking about who would be the best person to be in that next match. Well, I'll be honest, I was absolutely fuming because it threw out my bracket. <laughs> I mean, I up to that point in the tournament, I had an absolutely perfect record. Yeah. I got did. all eight matches correct on day one. Day two, I got uh, Ilya beating Trevor Lee. I got, oh, what was the other match before that? Uh, Devlin beating yeah. uh, Kyle Fletcher. And, yeah, this just threw it all out of whack. Yeah, yeah. But uh, saying that, I suppose everybody else's was as well. Yeah, but, I mean, it'll get to, it'll still get back on track the next round because... Someone's going through. Yeah, someone's got to go through to the final. Unless they all misbehave and they all make it a fatal four-way in the yeah. final. So that was a wonky finish in that match. Um, 
Also, a little bit of a wonky end to the main event. Um, there was some weird ref bump. Yeah. Uh, Robert, the Roberts, the old Roberts crutch reared its ugly head. Um, and uh, referee Joel Allen was knocked over. By a gust of wind. By a gust of wind. A gust of Trent Seven-shaped wind. Um, and then there was some funny business with the belts. It's yeah, like, Walter went to ringside where a guy with a chair was just, just sat, sat there, just with, sat the there with the belts and... He uh, he grabbed both belts, got in the ring, but he made it look like he was going to hit him, and then the referee came to, and Trent had one of the belts, Walter had one of the belts, Walter put one of the belts down and said, oh, Trent's going to whip me, he's got the belt, he's got the belt. It's like, Walter is doing the old Eddie Guerrero spot, mm. where it's like, oh, he's the... I, I bought the weapons in, but now the referee thinks that he's got it. It's like, why is Walter doing that? And it didn't even... This is, I think, my. I I have I have a big problem sort of with ref bumps like that. It's like I think they can work if they're used sparingly, but they have to actually be integral to the storytelling of the match and lead to the finish. And in this case, it just kind of that happened, and then the match went on for another couple of minutes. Afterwards. I don't know. Did it? Wasn't it kind of like a low blow when he put that sleeper on him? I think it went on a little bit longer. Maybe it didn't. Possibly. Anyway, yeah, it it was a little bit of a um, little bit of a screwy finish to the biggest match. This match was being billed as the biggest match in Progress history. Now I know that you're scoffing at that, but I can understand where they're coming from. With it being a title unification match, that is historic. It's going to affect. The history of the company going forward. You've got Trent Seven, who's the Atlas champion, which is for £205 and above. Mm. The Progress World Championship. They're merging, they're amalgamating. I think that the Walter was crowned the undisputed, or was it Unified Progress World Unified, Champion? Unified, yeah. Uh, and he, he did have both belts with him, whether they're going to make just one belt or he's just going to lug both belts around with him I don't know I think what they should do is glue them back back to back so it's a reversible belt you can like just go oh, do you know what today I'm feeling I've eaten oh, all weekend I've just been eating pizza and uh, drinking full fat coke so I think I'll wear the Atlas belt today I'm feeling a little bit over 205 um, and then on a more svelte day he's like do you know what I'm feeling a world champion um, I, I just uh, I just don't like the hyperbole. I don't like the this is the biggest match in history. It it maybe it's um, the WWE relationship finally coming through because this is exactly the way Michael Cole has to talk about every main event. It's like this is the biggest match ever between Dolph Ziggler and The Miz. Finally, they face off. And it does feel a little bit like, oh, God, we've had loads of big main events between people in storylines that people probably care about a little bit more than they did this one. I don't know. I don't know. Um, If you had to pick, like, just one thing from today that you really enjoyed then, what would you say it was? Well, I mean, the the Devlin-Fletcher match is the best. It was the best thing. Um... 
I enjoyed Trevor Lee's promo, which you've touched on real quickly. Yeah, him um, calling a Ilya Dragunov Ilja. Yeah, um, and he said that he worked, that they were both NXT, but that um, he was on the good one. Yeah, <laughs> that drew a lot of heat. Yeah, a couple of giggles as well. Um, I also, I, I, I always like the sort of misfit. Like six man tags that they have on these weekends. Um, we'll get a big scramble of some sort tomorrow. Um, Roy Johnson get will get bought out of mothballs for um, for. I mean, Jim Smallman even mentioned the waste man challenge um, today. So it'll be for those of you that don't know what a waste man challenge. There's this guy that used to appear quite regularly for progress known as Roy Johnson and uh, his gimmick was like he was a bit of a freestyle rapper yeah and uh, he'd he'd do a waste man challenge where they they'd spit bars at each other they'd have a rap battle yeah um weirdly he hasn't been doing that gimmick for a little while now so it'll be strange for them to like, as i say bring out our mothballs just wheel him out he hasn't worked for progress since last Super Strong Style, I don't think. I think he was in the pre-show Battle Royal at Wembley. That's right, he was, yeah. But still... That was September. So, so was Sticks. That's so, yeah, true, yeah. Um, you know, you've got people, you know, shadows of progress past in that. Um, that was like the WrestleMania 17 gimmick battle. Gimmick Royal. battle royal. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so we had a six-man tag... Which was uh, the three, like minus the two Mexicans. Um, you had the losers from bracket A against the losers of bracket B. Yeah. Um, so you had Darby Allen, uh, Lucky Kid, and Chris Christopher R. R- Idgeway. Yes, Christopher the very same. R. Idgeway against um, Christopher B. Rooks. Uh, the D- DJZ. DJZ. And Artemis Spencer. Um, I can't really comment much on this because I was in the queue for the toilet and then I went to get a drink of water. Yeah, I watched it and I thought it was a lot of fun. Lots of silly stuff. Um, You know, there's loads of people in there that are good at these things. There was... Darby Allen came down to the ring on a skateboard... Which, Bet Mark Mark uh, Andrews was fuming. Yeah, which gimmick infringement? I'm always a little bit like, oh, cool, a skateboard. He used it off the top rope as well, well didn't I he? I was going to get to that. It's like Bart Simpson in the house. <laughs> um, and, but he did do a little um, jump off the top rope and and like kick the skateboard into his opponent. It was like he was jumping Springfield Gorge. <laughs> it was, yeah. He, he looked a bit like Homer Simpson. Actually. No, he didn't. Not really at all. Um, but yeah, I, I always think those are fun. Um, uh, I don't know. I still, do, I still don't know what Ilya Dragunov is. He's a wrestler. Is he? Why is he doing all that stupid bloody dancing around on his way to the ring? He's getting himself pumped up, isn't it? He looked... Right, I am sure that there are people that listen to this podcast and that there are people in this room right now that really, really like Ilya Dragunov. Um, um, I'm not one of them. I haven't watched WXW, so I haven't really seen him at his best. Um, And I'll appreciate that. You know, I'm sure he's had some great matches there. 
But I don't like the Undertaker, so <laughs> what do I know? But he he looks. Oh, he comes out and he looks like a fucking idiot, <laughs> and he swings his arms around. It's like I always used to. Um, I always used to talk about John Cena, right, when he was at his peak, that it was like watching a six-year-old pretend to be a wrestler. It's like what a six-year-old thinks that a professional wrestler, a cool professional wrestler would look like. Oh, if I was a professional wrestler, I'd wear a baseball cap that matches my T-shirt, and I'd wear trainers and jean shorts. Oh, that's what I would be. Now... What's that a slag off about Illy? He's got a, a real... So, Cool leather jacket. Yeah, I think is what a fourteen-year-old thinks that a wrestler is like a fourteen-year-old that's taken like some theatre classes or something. That listens to My Chemical Romance. <laughs> yeah, so he's not quite a goth, obviously, but like he's like a little bit theatrical, and he's like, "I'm so intense. Look at me. I'm well intense. Look at my contacts. I jump up and down, and like it's like." I feel like it's like a counterpoint to like Lucky Kid because Lucky Kid does some of that but it's supposed to be stupid like he's supposed to be a bit of a wacky loon whereas with Dragonoff it's like oh I'm supposed to take him seriously now he's <laughs> um, so, on Bar mate yeah on Bar which um, we're still not 100% sure I'm pretty sure it means uh, indestructible google it yeah but it could mean anything for 90% of the audience shouting unbesiegbar they have not googled that um, so just be careful when you're chanting things that are in a foreign language because you might accidentally find yourself in some hot water what about a bit of a shock in the uh, women's match the qualifier yeah for uh, tomorrow's or day three's uh, women's progress title four-way match. Are you saying progress because you're talking to Americans? Possibly. <laughs> Sorry, progress. You nerd. Yeah, I know. But no, um, it was uh, Ginny versus Session Moth. Winner going through to for the women's title. Yeah. And uh, Martina won. Well, And then Ginny gave her a hug and was nice and it looks like that's it she's done in progress yeah it does it looks like Jim Ginny's walking away from progress weird in the we've also got Jimmy Havoc's last progress match this weekend um to much fanfare Ginny's kind of drifted away into the night but they yeah they had a fun match um fourth on the card yeah um, not the, not the old uh Usual women's match in the second match of the card, the progress. Progress have come under a little bit of criticism on certain corners of the internet for um, their tendency to always put the women in the second match on the card. Mm. Um, it's become a bit of an in-joke, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, quite right, I think. You know, that they, they they haven't really treated that division with a lot of respect. I think it's um, getting better than it was, a lot better. It is, but they're still like it's still the same half a dozen women on a cycle, isn't it? Well, and not ju- now. Well, Ginny's you, gone, well, and you just lost your big baddie. So where do you go from there? Because progress, I have a problem with like 
the heel face balance a lot of the time. Um, and now you lost your big bad in the women's division. Who's taking that spot? I think uh, Martina's going to go teetotal. Yeah. Become a vegan and just become really, really heelish by them ways. The session boffing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, so, yeah, that was fun. Um, you had that big eight-man... It wasn't a tag, was it? No, it was kind of like a... Lucha... Not Lucha rules, it was just a free-for-all, free really, for wasn't all. it? Yeah. Um, there was an eight-man no-DQ... Um, I think the big thing coming out of that uh, eight, that four v four, was uh, Mandrews and Eddie Dennis seem to have buried the hatchet. Yeah, the Eddie Dennis being a baddie just kind of slowly drifted to nothing. Um, so there's that. Do you remember that? Do you remember when Eddie Dennis was a really hot villain? Um, Not in my eyes. He had logic. Well, I was fully oh, behind fuck him. Fuck that. Yeah, there was some real smarky dicks at one point who were... The kind of people that call, call the entire tournament to a T correctly. The kind of people who say Thanos had a point. He did. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, they were, they were you know, in a blood feud for such a long time. Um, former friends going at it. Now they're back being mates again. But we did get to hear Andy, Andrew WK, so... Yeah, party hard. Banger. That's good. I'm sure that will be edited off the VOD. Um, yes, absolutely <laughs> zero chance of that appearing on the VOD. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. Uh, tomorrow's shaping up to be an interesting day. Jimmy Havoc's last ever match in progress before he buggers off to Orlando and uh, AEW. He's got a uh, Paul Robinson in a death match. He's now one of those all elite people, isn't he? Yeah. He's all elite. Um, yeah, that will be fun. Um, I've seen their previous two um, matches. Uh, that was one of my last shows. No, it wasn't. Wembley. Um, they, yeah, they did Wembley. Um, I was going to say that like his their match against each other was one of the the last shows I went to at the ballroom. But that's oh not true. right, it chapter twenty, not, wasn't it? Yeah, that's not true at all. That was really early on. Um, Old age, that mate. Yes, yeah. Um, uh, what else we got? We got a women's championship match. Yep, uh, Jordan Grace versus Nina Samuels versus Martina the Session Moth versus. Millie McKenzie. Millie McKenzie, back from Japan. I think she's been in Australia. I Before saw she goes to Japan. I saw on her Twitter she had a, a picture with a koala. Oh, right, OK. Unless they've got them in Japan as well. You never know, could be a zoo. Could be a zoo, yeah. Yeah. Um, and we've got a tag match. I'm not sure yeah. whether it's for the championships. Uh, they said that they wanted gold to bring back to Mexico, so... Oh, Mexican gold. Ooh, um, <laughs> la la. Yeah, so they will be challenging for the Progress Tag Team Championships against Aussie Open. That's Dagger and Aerostar we're talking about, the Mexicans. The Mexican lads. Not um, the other Mexican, El Ligero. No. Um, well, he's not Mexican anymore, is he? Well, he's not El Ligero, is he's, he? He's, build, he's actually built on NXT UK from Leeds. From Leeds. And Leeds. And um, so got that. We've got the semi... The two semi-finals. You've got 
Kyle O'Reilly, he mm. beat uh, Paul Robinson. Kind of skipped over that. That was a decent match, I thought. Yeah, yeah, it was okay. Um, bit of an out-of-nowhere submission. Yeah. Not dissimilar to the way that his match with Chris Ridgway finished last night. Yeah, you got Kyle O'Reilly taking on Jordan Devlin. Yeah. And uh, the second semi-final being a triple threat between Ilya Dragunov, David Starr and Travis Banks. Mm. And then you have your final between... Who insert knows? Name here versus yeah. Insert name here. Wouldn't surprise me if they all finished dodgy and it was a fatal five way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, just a rumble. They just decided to do a rumble for it. But yeah, maybe we'll leave it there then. We'll... That's it. That is basically, this is where we go our separate ways. Yeah, we're not going to be together tomorrow night. Yeah. We won't be in this bloody hotel room. Oh, that's that's one good thing, I suppose. Yeah, we'll be post-show. We'll both be travelling back to our respective hometowns. Me back up to the beautiful north of England. Me to Northampton, which isn't as far north at It's all. actually down south. It's well, Midlands-ish. Really, it's, Midlands. it's in the for, Midlands. Yeah, for me. It's, it's everywhere's down south when you live up north. Not Scotland. Oh, true. I didn't think of that. Um, anyway, enough of the UK <laughs> geography. Google, uh, Google <laughs> Scotland, and then you'll find out what that is. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you've never heard of it. Uh, um, but until next time for Love the Graps... Go to bed. And for those listening to tables, others and chairs, we'll be back after this short break. Yo, this is the independent David Starr, and you're listening to Tables, Athers and Chairs. Yo, this is Haskins, and you're listening to Tables, Athers and Chairs. What's up, guys? This is the Aerial Assassin, Will Ospreay, and you are listening to Tables, Athers and Chairs. I'm Sammy Callahan, and you are listening to Tables, Athers, and Chairs on the HTM Network. Hello, and welcome to the final part of Tables, Athers, and Chairs Super Strong Style 16 review. Uh, I am now flying solo. Me and Chris East have gone our separate ways. Uh, let's dive straight in to the first semi final which saw Ilya Dragunov taking on Travis Banks, taking on David Starr in a triple threat elimination match. Uh, the elimination stipulation thrown in at the last minute by Jim Smallman. Uh, it was a very good match between all three guys. Uh, finish of the match came with a uh, torpedo Moscow from Ilya Dragunov uh, onto David Starr. And uh, while Ilya was about to go for the pin, Banks hitting the uh, slice of heaven from the top rope, uh, eliminating Ilya Dragunov. Then it came down to uh, Star and Travis Banks with uh, David Star picking up somewhat of a shock victory, uh, especially with it being against two WWE guys. A lot of people thought that this was a way to uh, kind of get Star out of the way without eating the pin. And uh, later on, him uh, voicing his complaints, but no, absolutely none of it. David Starr through to the final, where uh, he would face the winner of Kyle O'Reilly versus Jordan Devlin. Uh, this was a fantastic match, lots of technical grappling, uh, submission after submission, lots of reversals. 
Uh, during the match, O'Reilly working heavily over on Jordan Devlin's legs. Lots of kicks to the quads and uh, Jordan really suffering throughout the match. And uh, at the end of the match, it looked like Jordan Devlin was going to tap. Uh, O'Reilly had him in a, a deep leg lock in the middle of the ring. And uh, Devlin somehow managing to roll it through into a cover and get the shock victory. Uh, to be fair to O'Reilly, shook his hand after the match. O'Reilly had a great showing over the three days. Uh, entered, you know, pretty much as a heel, but I think a lot of the Progress Ultras are really warm to him throughout the three days. Uh, some non-tournament matches before we get to the final. Uh, Aussie Open defended their Progress Tag Team titles against the Mexican lads, uh, Dagger and Aerostar. This is a fun tag team match. Uh, you kind of knew that with the uh, Mexican lads being based in Mexico and, and not coming over to progress a lot, that Aussie Open were going to probably win. And uh, this was the case. They won with the uh, tandem fidget spinner manoeuvre on Aerostar. But that didn't take away from a really, really fun match. Um, I've been very impressed with Aerostar and Dagger, particularly Aerostar, over the past few days. And uh, I'd definitely love to see both of these guys back in a progress ring sooner or later. Um, another match, uh, a four-way, fatal four-way, or fatal, or what did uh, Johnny Saint say? Four-way fatal <laughs> for the uh, progress women's title. Uh, it sure showed Jordan Grace defending her progress title against Millie McKenzie, Nina Samuels, and the session off Martina. Uh, before the match started, Jordan Grace grabbed the mic, apologised for not being in the country to defend the title for the past five marks, uh, five years, and uh, then suddenly turned on the crowd, calling them a bunch of marks. Uh, I suppose now that Ginny's out of progress, the women need a major heel, and it looks like Jordan Grace is going to be uh, filling them shoes. Uh, good match, lots of action all over. Uh, numerous near falls for Martina, who uh, before the weekend began was probably the rank outsider to win the tournament. But uh, yeah, in the end, Jordan Grace retained much to the chagrin of most of the crowd, it has to be said. Uh, getting on to the actual tournament final, David Starr versus Jordan Devlin. Red hot crowd for this. Uh, split pretty much 50-50 as well. I'd say probably just about in David Starr's favour. But it was still a very, very mixed crowd. Uh, once it gets on, on demand, I recommend you check it out. Lots of dueling chants throughout. Uh, David Starr working the leg throughout that was previously injured by uh, Kyle O'Reilly in the previous match. So... Uh, it's good to see a bit of a cerebralism from David Starr. Uh, it's a very hard-hitting match. Jordan Devlin, for me, is one of the best wrestlers in Europe at the minute, if not the world. Everything he does is so smooth. Uh, he's got it all. He can strike. He's a very good technical wrestler. When need be, he can bust out the high-flying moves as well. Uh, this was a very, very intense battle. Lots of near falls for both guys. Uh, but in the end, David Starr... Picking up the win, picking up the tournament victory uh, with a massive lariat, which he calls the Hamstanson. 
uh, followed up by a bat breaker onto the knee for the one, two, three. Uh, this tournament win means that David Starr has a title shot at the Unified Progress Championship wherever he sees and uh, with his long-standing multi-promotion feud with Walter, that match is sure to be an absolute doozy. Uh, right at the end, David Starr cutting a very uh, passionate promo about this being a victory for independent wrestlers, uh, being a, an in, a victory for those that back themselves, uh, a victory for the likes of people like Chris Brooks, Chris Ridgway, even Martina. Uh, it went over very well with the Progress crowd. And uh, yeah, it looks like he will eventually be having another date with Walter. I think up to this point, over multiple promotions, he's had about 16, 17 matches with Walter, and he's lost every single one. So a uh, nice little backstory there for when they eventually meet in a Progress ring. Uh, and yeah, that about wraps up the weekend. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, night one was good, if a little bit predictable. Uh, the action on night two certainly picked up. Uh, my match of that night was probably probably Jordan Devlin versus Kyle Fletcher. And a uh, match of night three, certainly the final. Again, uh, involving Jordan Devlin, who was probably the MVP of the tournament. Uh, before I go, I did actually forget to mention Jimmy Havoc's final match in progress. Uh, that was against Paul Robinson, a long-time rival in progress, former stablemates, now bitter enemies. And uh, to say that that match ended quite bloody would be the understatement. Um, Rumour has it that Jimmy nicked an artery in his eyebrow. Uh, I didn't know that arteries in your eyebrow, but there you go. And uh, that he had to be rushed to hospital for stitches, but... Uh, I believe that he's out of hospital now and everything's good. Um, Jimmy's been in the company since, I believe it was chapter 2. So that's 2012 to 2019. Now obviously going on to AEW. And uh, yeah, I wish him loads of luck there. I hope he does well. Um, it was a good weekend of wrestling. Not everything was perfect, but you're not going to enjoy absolutely everything in a wrestling show. Uh, on the whole, I think Progress Super Strong Style 16 was a fantastic tournament, lots of highlights, lots of great moments, and uh, things have been set up for the future, uh, especially in terms of the world title scene. So that about wraps it up for this week on Tables, Avers and Chairs. Don't forget to subscribe to the Hitting the Marks podcasting network, get loads of other great shows, the PW Hustle, Turnbuckle Talk, the Wrestle Podcast with Robin Nelson, HDM Wrestling and HDM Sports with Jargo and RBV. Uh, I'll be back again next week. Until then, guys, take it easy and take care. Bye. Mm-hmm.